The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I see. Yeah, that's one option. What might be another? Can you tell me more? Oh, I'm just doing show prep. That's all people say. What do you do to prepare for your show? I just loosen up. Get the, get the lips stretched. You don't want to come on to the show and start talking immediately. You could pull something. You know, that, that, that would be a very bad injury for a talk show host to pull a lip muscle. Nice to have you with me. I'm trying to speak a little louder because I am further away. I am right now in the beautiful state, fantastic state of Montana. Billings, Montana. Billings Catholic Radio. It's wonderful to be here. They call it the land of the big sky. And it's right. It is really big. Now, the last time I was in Montana, I didn't know there were that many stars in the sky. I live in a suburban area in North Canton, Ohio. And we have lights everywhere. So maybe on a good night we can see the moon. We don't see too many stars. And then you realize they're all out there, and there's bazillions of them. Yeah, bazillions. That's uh, one time 10 to the 27th power. And what I'm looking at is not just stars, but whole pinpoint galaxies full of billions of stars. No, I can't get into those numbers. Those numbers just fry my brain out as bad as having children. We were here last night. Taping Living Right with Dr. Ray, the TV show, season number 13. Fantastic group of people in the audience. Oh, heavens. And we recorded one of the, one of the most family-touching segments that we've ever had on the program, and I'll just leave it at that, so hopefully you'll tune into the show when they air them approximately one year from now. I always like, uh, always like watching them every once in a while because they go, I look younger then. Yeah, well, that was years ago. The number to get onto the program is 877-573-7825. Same number, 877-57-EQUAL. I'm in the studios of Billings Catholic Radio. Nice place, great cookies, all kinds of stuff. 877-57-EQUAL. If you have a question about something in your life, someone in your life, a circumstance in your life. I'm a psychologist. What type? There's all kinds. But clinical is... My proper adjective, which means we sort of specialize in therapy and assessment, understanding the psyche as best we can, and all kinds of other types. There's counseling type, uh, which, is, which is a similar 
trajectory. There is industrial psych, there is school psych, social psych, all kinds of psychs. If you'd like to get onto the program, just call those numbers. If you want to give somebody some help, we get that a lot. People will say, I want to comment on a previous caller because this is what happened to me and this is what I did and it worked well for me. And Dr. Ray, this, the suggestion you gave doesn't work well at all. Which, by the way, if you do something like that, you're first up. You disagree with me? I had a lady last week did not like the use of one word that I did, and uh, she expressed her point, and immediately I put you to the front. Just got a little note here on the whiteboard. Any pictures of me here in the studio? Absolutely not. This is, I think, the 30th or 40th studio that I've been to of our affiliates, and not once. Have I seen a picture of me? I've left them pictures, and on my return visit, I still don't see them. So I don't know what to make of that, but I'll just kind of <clears throat> let it slide right now. 877-573-7825. All right, i got to look and see my list here of, of possible, possible opening manologues. If you're a parent, you go to confession. My guess would be that some of the more common things that you confess are your frustration with your kids, yelling, impatience, the kind of stuff that the kids bring out in you that you think this shouldn't be happening children are a reward a reinforcer from god they they're a gift they're a precious gift why do i act this way towards this precious gift well just because they're a precious gift doesn't mean they're necessarily easy to live with now that is not a demeaning statement that is reality think about the reality this is a little human for all of their preciousness, for all of their cuteness, for all of their unconditional love toward you, which is a big factor. They are immature. They are fairly self-centered. They lack impulse control. They want what they want, especially the littler ones, the instant they want it. And if they don't get it, they can react in ways that, well, when you're grown up, you're supposed to show more self-control than that, but when you're a kid, hey, let it all hang out when you're unhappy. So if you think about it, the whole process of socializing and moralizing this little human takes years, years and years and years. And they don't always cooperate along the way. This is a push and pull relationship where you're trying to tug them into more maturity and they don't always see the reason for it they don't always agree with it they don't always like it and sometimes they don't like you for it now I'm gonna ask you a question would you freely pick another human being for a friend who has the same emotional behavioral maturity as your six-year-old or your 10-year-old or for that matter your 15-year-old probably not 
Well, then, not only that, but friends you see periodically, your children you live with consistently. So, this is not necessarily a sign of what a terrible person you are when you have to go to confession. Bless me, Father. For before children, I was pretty nice. Now, I don't think I'm pretty or nice. Before children, people liked me. I, I, I was calm and collected. It kept my cool. And I, I was pretty even keel. I was. And I, I prided myself on my maturity. And then, I don't know what happened. I know what happened. You got Cujo as a kid. So, because of this, you can expect. Now, I'm not saying it's good. And I'm not saying you don't strive to make it less. But you can expect that if they're going to bring out something in you, sometimes it's going to be all the way to the limits of your patience. You got that? As a matter of fact, I think it's safe to say that your spouse and your children, you love more than anyone else. And I think it's also safe to say that your spouse or your children, <laughs> you probably treat with more frustration and impatience than anybody else. So, given all that, I think, one, don't punish yourself too bad over this. It's kind of the natural course of things. Two, work to get better at it. Recognize that kids are kids. And by their nature, they can be pretty frustrating to live with. Of course, can't we all? Hmm? The kids have an excuse. They're on the front end of socialization. What's our excuse, huh? We've been around 40, 45, 50 years. We're still doing some of the same stuff to people. And three, repent and go forward. And maybe you'll get back to being pretty nice again. I'm still waiting for that day for me. 877-573-7825 from Billings, Montana. This is Dr. Ray. She was a mystic and reformer who died at the age of 33. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Catherine of Siena accomplished something no one thought possible. She convinced Pope Gregory XI to return to Rome after the popes had lived in France from us the whole of the 14th century. They've been there ever since. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. Let us strive to know the Lord. Quick question to you and me right now. Is that what you and I are doing every single day? When you and I wake up every day, do we strive to know Jesus or not? In the Old Testament, in the same book of Hosea, a little bit later on, it's in chapter 14, the Lord says through the prophet, my people perish. Or in another translation, my people are being destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Not a lack of data. We got tons of data. Not a lack of information. We got a lot of information. 
not just about things that are happening in the world. We got a lot of data, a lot of knowledge, a lot of information about God, but not a lot of intimacy with God, not a lot of relationship with God, not a lot of friendship. That's the cry of God's heart. God wants to give himself to us in the incredible gift of friendship, and we're not taking advantage of it. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Again, those of you listening in the Billings, Montana area, come on out. St. Francis Elementary. Tonight, two more tapings of Living Right with Dr. Ray. Got uh, 5.30 and 7.15 of the taping times. Love to have you there. Normally, we'd have you sign up on the website, BillingsCatholicRadio.com, if you're to register. You can do that if you want, but you can also just come in. And I noticed the buffet they put out last night. I realized something. Not too many people were there for me. They were there for the food. And, you know, sometimes I put my books out before the show, and I had no sales because they were all at the food. I can't compete with food. I want to go to Christopher from Buffalo, New York. Hi, Christopher. Hello there. Yes, sir. Thanks for the call. Hey, can you hear me okay? I got you. Oh, cool. Uh, first of all, it's a pleasure to speak to you. I love your uh, your um, wit. Um, I don't know. I want to try to put this in a form of like one sentence, but I've been like sitting here and not really been able to. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of sentences, Christopher. Go ahead, sir. Well, basically, I, I listen to, um, I'm a cat, Roman Catholic, and uh, I'm single. I um, chase, celibate, uh, um, same-sex attracted, and that's where I, I want to kind of your opinion and I talk about something really quickly. Because I, I listen to Catholic Radio for years, like 24-7, as much as I can. And it's not just your show, but it's like, a lot of other shows, I and mean, I respect everybody on EWTN, but I hear a lot where they'll say, well, you know, that you choose to be same-sex attractive, or the di- the diabolical, obviously, devil, the devil's involved in making that person uh same-sex attracted or, like, you know, the gender dysphoria, like, today. And as far as, like, the whole transgender thing, I mean, I'm going to be 56 next month. My opinion is, because I remember you quoting some, uh, uh, or you were other shows quoting, like, uh, studies, you know, the percentages of people, how how much, you know, how many people said that they were, 25 years ago or 20 years ago and how many today? Yes. 
I'm not an expert. I mean, I might not be right, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not God. But to me, in my experience, I would think it's because people say that they are because I, I feel like it's because it's more society is more accepting of these things. I'm not saying, I'm not even saying it's right. I'm not saying it's to be transgender is right or to be same sex attracted is right. But I think why they're like when you're you know stating the rates I think you said the other day that it used to be boys and now it's way more girls. You know what I mean? Yeah, you raised and, three uh, or four points. Christopher, let me jump in here, sir. You raised three or four points. Yeah. Okay. The first thing is, and I'm going to tell you this from a psychologist perspective, and I think from a research perspective, and from my own personal perspective as a therapist, same-sex attraction is a complex phenomenon. Sometimes it can be spurred on by early on abuse, sexual abuse. Sometimes there is, seems to be a percentage of, of those kids who, for whatever the reason, don't develop opposite-sex attraction, and there does seem to be a percentage of same-sex attracting individuals who are predisposed physiologically in that direction. Sounds like you say you're one of those. I personally know of some that from the very beginning, uh, they, they, they did not wish to be same-sex attracted, but it was something that just was seemingly in them. So in, in their case, it wasn't necessarily a choice. Now, that doesn't account for all. And I think choice doesn't account for all either. So there's many, many factors coming into it. There is now, in my opinion, a huge social factor, which is involved with the transgender movement. You say, and you made the observation, that... Because it's more accepted by society, people who would have otherwise kept it to themselves are now coming forth and being more overt about it. That is, that is the, the standard stance of our culture right now. Uh, I think our culture is ignoring the social imitation component, especially among adolescents who are wildly known for their ability to be peer group influenced. So, so given that, the church would say same-sex attraction is not a sin. Acting upon it, the church would say, is wrong, although, although uh, only God knows the mitigating factors. Now, all that said, I know an awful lot of single people with minimal chance to be married, who are opposite sex attracted. If they say, this is my attraction, this is the way I'm made, so therefore uh, I shouldn't have to keep sex within a marriage. Well, the church says that's where sex belongs, in a marriage. So... In, at some level, now some people say, well, the parallels are not the same. But at some level, the church says you, you can't act upon your sexuality outside the marriage, whether you're same-sex attracted or opposite-sex attracted. I've had clients, Christopher, 
who from as far back as they can remember were same-sex attracted. However, they are married with five children, this particular one. And his view of marriage is companionship. His view of marriage is mutual support. His view of marriage is raising children. So that aspect of his sexual attraction, he has basically not lived out. Now, some might say, well, that's completely unnatural. Our, our culture can would me, say that. Yeah, go ahead, Christopher, jump in. Can, can I just say one quick thing? Because I'm sure. not listening to everything you say, but at this age, you know, you know you get, uh, that memory doesn't, you know, stay as long as it used to. So you're saying, well, the, just the last thing you said where you know some some people who were same-sex attracted, but they got married and had kids and they liked, um, you know, the companionship and then you listed a whole bunch of things like that, correct? Yes. Doesn't that mean that they're lying to their, to their, if it was a man, for example, what you're talking about, doesn't that mean that he's, he's lying to his wife? No, she's aware of it. Okay. In, in the case uh-huh. that I had, she I, was aware, she was okay. aware of it. All right. I had thought about it. Now, one might say, well, for for much of human history, by the way, uh, sexual attraction wasn't necessarily the main thing in attracting a partner. There were many, many other reasons for it. Our culture has, has heavily emphasized the emotional component, the physical attraction component. But oftentimes, marriages in the past were founded upon other factors. C.S. Lewis talks about this, that he said that, uh, you know, a marriage uh, as a companionship. You know, here's another thing I see, Christopher. I see this an awful lot. A lot of people come to me for marriage counseling, and it is not unusual in their marriage for two and three and four and five years to have not been physically intimate at all. That's now, I mean, well, no, I don't think that's healthy at all. No, but uh, some of them have mutually agreed upon that. So I guess my point is their marriage obviously is serving other purposes other than the physical. Um, yeah, so it's, it's like a brother-sister relationship. Yeah, almost. It's a, it's a companionship. And these people, I, I think, care for each other very much. I mean, even though their marriage has got a lot of friction to it, they care for each other very much, and they don't want to leave it. So they're coming to kind of smooth out the friction. I, You are a, a sliver, I believe, my experience, and I think research says this, of the same-sex attraction population. Because you said to yourself... I want to live chaste. You've said, I don't well, want to act upon this. This is in the later years. In, yeah, in well, the later years well life, thank you. Know I mean? Yeah, thank you that you, no, who am I to thank you? But you, you said that you've decided in your later years, because back when you were younger and full of a little more vim and vigor and vinegar, you were more well, likely like to act is. upon it. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's true. That's very true. And that's, uh, you'll see that even in, in, sure, this, the heterosexual attraction, sure. So given that, maybe in a way, and, I, and I'll draw a parallel real quickly. I'm not as prone to do certain sins as I get older than I used to when I was 24. 
And I don't know if that's because I'm getting any closer to God or because I'm getting older. And, and it's God's wired-in protection that I don't have the temptation to do those sins like I used to. Either way, I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm just grateful that, in fact, I don't lose my temper like I used to because it just takes too much effort to lose my temper, and I've gotten to the point where I don't care about a lot of these things that I used to be so feisty about. So here's a tremendous call, Christopher. I appreciate so much you calling in, sir. Thank you. This is Dr. Ray, 877-57-EQUAL. Father Benedict Rochelle. Some great people have shown respect for God. Can I read you a little quotation from Albert Einstein, who many times showed a great respect for religion and was one of the great admirers of Pope Pius XII for his stand against the Holocaust during the Second World War. Einstein wrote, The fairest thing we can experience is the mysterious is the fundamental emotion that stands at the cradle of all true art and science. A knowledge of the existence of something we can't penetrate, of the manifestations of the profoundest reason and the most radiant beauty, which are only accessible to our minds in the most elementary form. It is this knowledge and this emotion that constitute the truly religious attitude. Oh my, so beautifully said. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Today, many U.S. citizens chafe under big government and have actually turned anti-government. St. Paul, however, teaches that in some way, the civic authorities are ministers of God. Even King Jesus didn't consider it unjust to give taxes to Caesar. But we must never let Caesar or the king, the prime minister, uh, stand in the place of God and control our conscience. When ancient Israel demanded that Samuel give them a human king, Samuel warned them that he's going to bring heavy taxes, he's going to bring a military draft, he's going to favor the rich. And when Jesus, the true king, actually arrives, he dies for his people, because that's what a true king is willing to do. King Jesus, still on the throne, no matter what presidents, dictators, or earthly rulers do. And we have to remember, we get our marching orders from him. Cresta in the Afternoon weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Real nice to have you joining me here. I am in Billings, Montana, Billings Catholic Radio in their studios, because tonight we'll be taping two episodes of the uh, TV show, Living Right with Dr. Ray. Let me see what I got here, because I want to got some congratulations I got to do, but I got to find them first. Well, I'll, I'll look at it in the next break. 877-57-EQUAL. We're getting toward the bottom of the program. And as I've always said, you call in any time. Your chances are equal. Getting on. That's why our number is 877-57-EQUAL. Paul from uh, Pittsburgh who is a PA. It says right there, Pittsburgh PA. 
Oh, no, that's Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sorry there, Paul. Hey, you know what? Your People call in here with questions that sometimes I can extremely personally relate to, and yours is one of them. Okay, thank you, Doctor. It's a first-time caller. Um, I enjoy your uh, TV show as, uh, as well. Um, basically, my question is, you know, uh, there are you know a couple of um, sins that I go to confession with um, that I seem to repeat over and over. I won't say what they are, but they, you know, but um, it seems like you know, you know, I've you know, I just you know keep on having to go you know back to the sacrament. And I mean, we should do that you know, periodically anyway, but, you know, it seems like I'm having to go back on a more consistent basis, and it seems like despite, you know, having a prayer life and, you know, despite um, uh, trying um, you know, to, you know, work it out, you know, on my own, it seems like I keep on committing you know, like the same, you know, like sins over and over and having to confess the same sins over and over. And I'm wondering if you have a, any kind of advice from a psychological p- viewpoint and a Catholic viewpoint of how to um, mitigate these sins and, you know, try to overcome them and make some better progress. I'll tell you what it was for me, and it still is. I have to sc- scrupulously ask myself, and I don't use that word in a negative way, to be scrupulous, but I have to probe myself deeply. Am I really putting forth my cooperation with God's grace to get past some of these sins? That's the question. Okay. Knowing human nature, as we do, it's easy to say, yeah, yeah, I shouldn't do that, but uh, okay, I did it again. I'll confess it, and then I'm free of it again until I did it again, until I confess it again. I had to ask myself a, a heavy question. Am, am I really putting forth my honest effort to do this less? I could say to stop doing it, but you realize sometimes that's we commit certain sins all the way to the day we die, usually the sins of right. the self. But I said to myself, okay, Ray, wait, 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 wait a minute. Now, are you, are you really wanting to get rid of this sin? You say you do, but, you know, the opportunity presents itself. You're going to gossip. You're going to do that. Well, yeah, I know I shouldn't, but I'm weak. Um... I had to ask myself that a lot. I had to say, okay, wait a minute. It's one thing to make slow progress, which is what you want. You're going in the direction you want. Progress isn't as fast as you want. But if you look back 20 years ago, you'd say, well, no, I I don't do that anywhere near as much as I used to. I I don't brag like I used to. I I got rid of a lot of that bragging. On the other hand, if you say, no, no, I've made no progress. I'm, I'm... as much that way or worse, I think that's when you got to ask yourself, okay, what's going on here? 
what is it with me? God's given me the grace. I can use it, but why am I not using it? And I, I think that's the one that chases that question. Okay. So basically just, you know, ask myself a serious, you know, take yeah. a more serious look yeah. at, you know, am I, am I, am I feel, fulfilling that part of the prayer that says, I, you know, I promise to amend my life. That's right. That's, that's the scary part. You know, I, um, I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more. Okay. Well, that's a big, that's a big commitment there. Well, nobody can actually do that. We know nobody can actually do that. So, I mean, okay, yeah, you got to say that because that's part of the act of contrition. Well, wait a minute. Do I firmly resolve <laughs> to sin no more? Well, that's the question for me. How firm is my resolve? And if I'm honest with myself, I'd have to go, you know, it's a little wobbly sometimes. Okay. All right. I appreciate your yeah, honesty, yeah, I- my friend. Yeah, thank you. And, yeah, I, I, I appreciate the answer. That, that's, that's helped a lot. All righty, yeah, sir. Yeah. I, you know, I, I make a joke. I say, I go into the confessional, and I hand Father the list. And I say, here, Father, here's the core stuff. Here's the list. And I'll save you some time. Here's the list. And in a way, I, I, <laughs> I would like that list to get a little shorter, you know? I don't want to keep saying the same stuff. Yeah, I was critical of this person, and I talked this way behind their back. And I remember another time I really – I'll give you a small example. There was, there was a guy who was uh, visiting my son. Now, this is something I used to do a lot more of, but, but it's, still, it's still within me. Guy came over. He was pretty clearly a scam man trying to scam. And my son was there with his kids and his wife, and I was there with my wife. And he's, he's – he's, scamming and we said no sir we we don't we don't have that and then he started cussing nasty cussing as he was walking away he went and sat down and stared at us now probably the best thing for me to do would have just been to ignore him and talk to my son oh no oh no no the old ray Garendi kicked in and i glared back at him I just stared at him, you know, which is something you don't do on the street, you know. You don't just, but I stood there. Now, I've been a weightlifter all my life, so I got a lot of confidence in my physical abilities. And I just stared at him. And then he finally looked away, and I went on. Now, I shouldn't have done that. But that was a remnant of my younger days when I was much feistier. So I guess my point on all this is, you kind of want the sins to get less. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have the same sins, but you want them to be less. Thank you, my friend, for the call. Did we lose Paul? Oh, man. I gave that street example. 877-573-7825 is the number to call. I'd be absolutely delighted hear from you got about uh, 24 25 more minutes so uh, yeah got a question comment helpful thing maybe you want to help paul out my answer my short-changing answer that uh, how did you how did you shake off some of these things that had been plaguing you for as long as they were hmm 
What is the meaning of the Hail Mary? There are multiple meanings, explains the Catholic Catechism. When we say Hail Mary or Rejoice Mary, we are repeating the greeting of the angel Gabriel to Mary at the Annunciation. The next phrase, full of grace, the Lord is with you, asserts that Mary is full of grace because the source of grace, the Lord, is with her. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, echoes Elizabeth when she greeted her young cousin who had come to assist her during her delivery of John the Baptist. Holy Mary, Mother of God, means that because Mary gives us Jesus, her son, the God-man, Mary is the Mother of God and our Mother. The final plea to Mary, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, acknowledges that we are sinners now, hoping that Mary can welcome us as our mother at the hour we die and lead us to her son Jesus in paradise. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Learn and spread the word about the food, clothing, parenting classes, financial assistance that these resource centers provide moms, and not just for a few weeks after the baby is born, but often for up to four years after birth. Don't assume that just because you haven't heard about pro-life resources or efforts, that they don't or aren't available, or that the church hasn't been involved. The media, and I know this firsthand from my years of experience, have been working with the abortion industry to suppress information about resources as well as totally misrepresent or blatantly lie about what the pro-life community offers moms and families in need. And last but not least, do some homework and prayerfully give thanks to these pro-life warriors and consider becoming a pro-life warrior yourself. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Ah, a little Montana music. Way to go, Andrew. Yes, sir. That doesn't, that's not music that you would naturally conjure up on an East Coast state, huh? It's Dr. Ray. Thanks for joining me here on The Doctor's Inn. Good Lord permit, and coming to you Monday through Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Well, that's 11 o'clock Mountain Time right now where I am. So I'm saying things two hours before I would normally say them. This is good, because if I say something dumb, Andrew has two hours to correct it. All right, let's go to uh, Kelly. Kelly. Kelly disagrees with me. All right, all right, jump on that. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Dr. Ray. Thanks for taking my call, and welcome to Montana. Thank you, dear. Did you go to the shows at all? I No, I actually didn't know you were there till I heard you say it just moments ago. Well, a lot I'm of people noticed. Seat, so. Kel- Kelly, a lot of people noticed you weren't there. They said, where's Kelly? She's I'm the sure. one that could really use this. I said, yeah, I know. Absolutely. Um, so th- I believe around three weeks ago... Um, and I meant to call in sooner, but you had a lady call in, and she was sharing. Um, I think I think she was somewhat depressed, but she her main thing was that she told you she just um, didn't feel love for God, and you know how how come and how what should she do? And your response was um, more obedience that she just needed to practice obeying Him. And um, I just 
thought that came up short. Well, you're exactly right. That would have come up extremely short if that's what I said. But I think, and this is very common in human interactions, people hear and interpret. Here's likely what I said. I probably asked her, do you obey God? And she said, yes, I try. I said, well, then you are loving him. That's probably um, what I yes, said. Yes, I believe, I believe you probably did say that. Um, I just, I guess my comment is just that um, I, I just think it, like any other relationship, you know, if you are wanting to know somebody, you spend time with them. And it's not a matter of, you know, meeting someone and, and trying to obey them. It's a matter of getting to know them and falling in love with them. And I just think it's the same thing with Jesus. Well, it with, is, with very God much the so. Father, that you just, you just spend time in his word and spend time, um, you know, worshiping and, and learning about him and how much he loves you, and, and you fall in love. And everything you say is absolutely true. And and then the obedience follows that that you want to. Anyway. I think I think what happened with her is she was confusing feelings with action, and that's probably why I took the direction I did. Of course, of probably course, so, prayer is critical. Are, I, Go ahead, dear. I'm. I know. I agree. That's probably so. Probably so because I do believe you give solid advice. Well, keep in mind. In I'm any, not a Catholic, and I love listening to you. Oh, so. well, thank you. Any radio call is by its nature short. And I can't sure. do therapy, and I can't probe, and I can't get into all the variables that you would get into over five sessions of therapy. So what i got to do sure. is i got to listen to see what what the critical question is. And for her, she was saying, I don't feel like I love God, you know. And so right. now to, to say, and you're absolutely correct. I mean, to have a relationship with God, you do those things. You pray, you immerse yourself in his word. You do all kinds of things to get to know him. Absolutely. That is, that is the core. My suspicion was, and I don't, you're, you're right, Kelly, I don't remember this, but I, I think she kind of implied she was doing everything she could do to be a good Christian, and she still wasn't feeling it. I, I think, if I remember, you, you probably remember better than I did. It was, it was three weeks ago or four weeks ago. But if I heard her saying that, and if she said, and I still don't, that's probably where I took the uh, direction of, okay, if you obey him, you're loving him. But you are okay. right, though. And I do appreciate that call because <laughs> I really like when people call in and say, hey, you fell short. You missed it. Okay with me. Hey, hey, here's the thing, Kelly. I'm getting so old, it doesn't matter. Get off my lawn. You know, that's pretty much where I get all upset. Get go. off my lawn. That's right. And keep staring back at those guys. They need that. Well, I know. I'll tell you what. It, it, you, it was the testosterone was in me. The weightlifter was in me. And I'm just looking at this kid. He's probably about 20. Frail, skinny looking dude, you know. And I'm just looking at him. And I'm thinking, don't, don't do that. I, I guess maybe... If I could justify what I did, and we're always very good at justifying things, it was probably, I guess I was saying to myself, warn him not to do this because he doesn't know how people are going to react. And you know, you I know had, what? That look, 
he might still be thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, hey, Kelly, no, you know what he's probably he thinking? Has no doubt. So he's probably thinking, "Hey, old man, knock it off before I come over and hurt you." <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks All for right. taking my call, and welcome to Montana. Come back. Come back. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. <laughs> Let me see if I got time here. Oh, I don't know. Should I? All right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break, I think. I'm always wrestling when you get in that nether, nether land of taking a break or not taking a break. And, uh, Eric, you tell our callers there. We, we know they're there. And uh, hopefully I'll be back here in a couple of minutes. This is Dr. Ray. This Ave Maria radio program is brought to you in part by Fathom Events. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, is in theaters for one night only, Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Information at FathomEvents.com. That's FathomEvents.com. Do you or your spouse snore but won't get help? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Many of us go to bed and can't get a good night's sleep because we have sleep apnea. Then we get excessive daytime sleepiness, fatigue, or concentration issues. Untreated, this can lead to heart failure, hypertension, and even diabetes. The first thing to do is go to a sleep doctor. The ultimate solution may be a CPAP machine. This machine provides positive pressure in our airways and alleviates the obstructive breathing issues associated with apnea. So many of us know this, but we still won't get the help we need. Here's one more reason to get your breathing fixed. A recent study indicates that the effects of sleep apnea may cause us to age the equivalent of 10 more years. Now make that appointment with a sleep doctor. For more, look for our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. This program is brought to you in part by MyLifeAngels.com. MyLifeAngels provides peace of mind by notifying you the moment a loved one enters an emergency room. Right on your smartphone, you'll have instant access to everything needed including all legal documents, to ensure you are empowered to protect their life-affirming wishes. My Life Angels also alerts hospital ER staff with critical medical information and emergency contacts. More information at MyLifeAngels.com. Always great to be with you. Always, always great. What a privilege. What a privilege. You know what I notice a little bit about myself, too, as I get older? Um, honest criticism. And, and even uh, dishonest criticism. Even assaults. Don't bother me anywhere near like they used to. And I think that's simply because you get to the point where you realize people look at so many things so differently. And you know the other reason I, I think about this? It goes back to my childhood. I really don't react to, to people yelling at me because as a kid, I used to bring the wrong tools to my father. So I, I think that, that really helps with my vulnerability there. Uh, Kay is calling from uh, San Diego, home of Catholic Answers. Hi, Kay. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, you're more than welcome. 
So you had mentioned something a little bit earlier in the show. You know, you're talking about being scrupulous. And so that motivated my call because I'm asking a question on the serious side of scrupulosity. I have a young person that I know, college age um, person that's suffering terribly from actual scrupulosity. And it's, it's really painful to watch them suffer. And my question is, um, first of all, is it curable? <laughs> Second of all, how to find a Catholic person to help them, because they are Catholic. And then what could I do as a, as a friend to support them? Some of the research coming out, Kay, is pointing to the fact that scrupulosity seems to have a bit of a neurological base. By that, I mean it's it's not it's not obviously epilepsy or any kind of uh, hyperactivity of the neural structure, but it it seems to be related to a person who is is more likely to be obsessive or ruminating yeah. uh, and creating in themselves these these patterns of thinking that are kind of like water flying down a trench that it has built over years of being rained upon. Mm -hmm. The water flies faster and deeper on the trench. And that's kind of what happens when they get these thinking patterns locked in. Pretty soon they almost seem like they, they just happen automatically. So that's that's one thing, and, and and it's possible that some medication could help. Depends. Um, for a therapy, I would probably, and I've had folks come to me for scrupulosity. I would probably lean towards cognitive behavioral therapy, which is okay. to look at the thoughts that they're telling themselves, to follow those thoughts out logically. Where would they lead? Um, how are they? unrealistic now some might say well wait a minute dr ray come on scrupulosity has a heavy emotional component and you can't reason it away well yes and no uh, emotions in many respects are predicated upon thinking the way we think creates our emotions so you got to look at the thinking that's underlying the emotions what can you do for your friend i would explore with your friend what exactly is their, is their driving fear? They're going to be scrupulous. They're going to be fearful. I'm a sinner and I'm going to go to hell. Um, I don't love God because I keep doing this. Or I, I have the... Hell. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's the... And, and you know... Fear of like dying and going to hell. It seems that when we talk, it's really big. <laughs> and I would ask them. I'd say things like, so, what is your idea of God? I mean, what he's told us is that he's very loving and forgiving. Do you believe that? Mm. Well, I do believe that, but, but I'm not sure I'm good enough to be loved and forgiven. How, how did you yep. come to that conclusion, that you're not good enough to be forgiven? So, so help me to understand this. You, you believe that God will forgive anyone, anywhere, if they're repentant. Do you believe that? Yes, I believe that. So what are you saying? Are you saying you're not repentant? Oh, no, I'm very repentant. It drives me crazy. Okay, so how is it then that you are beyond God's forgiveness? Please explain that to me. Help me to understand how you think that. 
In other words, you're just you're just kind of saying, okay, let's let's look at this thinking structure you've created for yourself, and it incor- it incorporates God. It does because you got to say God is not who He says He is. God is not merciful to us. God is not respecting our repentance. Uh, God has uh, selected me out as being unworthy to be with him. Uh, how did you get this image of God? Where Where is this coming from? Because it yeah. certainly isn't the image God has given us about himself. So how did you get this? And if maybe you can deconstruct this whole thinking process that he's put together mm-hmm. regarding God, regarding forgiveness, regarding his wretched sinfulness, and regarding the fact that, that he'll miscalculate. You realize that? I will miscalculate, and I will find myself going to hell. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the things I'd ask him, and I don't know, again, reasoning <laughs> doesn't generally work with somebody who's locked into scrupulosity, but you got to try. Yeah. I would ask him... Do you think that someone who has the fear of hell that you do, do you think that that indicates that they really are not in a state to go to hell? It's kind of like the person who says, I don't want to commit a mortal sin. I don't want to commit a mortal sin. And I'm afraid I might commit a mortal sin. How could you commit a mortal sin if you don't want to commit a mortal sin? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. How could you go to hell if everything about your being is geared toward not going to hell and having a relationship with God? How could how can that be? Because if God is that way, we're all in big trouble. All of us. <laughs> yes, we are. Exactly right. Yeah, I was talking with a friend so. today. I was talking yeah. with my producers today. We talked about that. We said, you know, it's a good thing God is loving because if he weren't loving, if he were another kind of God, that basically we were we were play toys. And he, he got perverse satisfaction out of watching us suffer, watching us screw up, and then ultimately punishing us. Man, we'd be in big trouble because he controls everything. Mm. You know, I think that's why he, went, he bent over backwards to send, over, send us a Savior to say, listen, this is me right here. This is what I'm like. Mm. So... Yeah, I know it's it's sad when I when I see it, Kay. I see it because our Lord said, I, "I give you peace," and these poor souls that are struggling with scrupulosity have no peace. Yeah, it's, That's it's yeah, and it's very very difficult yeah. to, to watch. I had a lady once. I told her to quit going to confession. She goes to confession every, every week, and she's so wretchedly scrupulous. I said, "You go once a month." Yeah, yeah but they have they have done that. They have done that, and they've stopped. Yeah, but but now it's like everyday math. <laughs> So, no matter what, so it's just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, you know, thanks, for, thanks for caring about your friend, Kay, you know. For your thoughts, I appreciate it very much. All right, I'll talk to you. I got to go, guys. Um, last, last invite. Those of you in the Billings, Montana area, tonight, St. Francis, taping... For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.